What up, what up? Welcome back to the HBO's podcast. We're your hosts, Sam and Maddie. Hello, welcome back. Or <laughs> welcome us back. Yes. Uh, we have been on sabbatical for the last couple months. Um, yes. I'm actually happy that you mentioned the writer's strike because I completely forgot that that's why this whole break started. But Correct. Because yeah. we're HBOs, we're not HB scientists. Yes. Well, we're- and even then, it's still nothing new was coming out. We're, we have to wait a while for the shows that we've been watching. So right now we're doing um, some movie segments. Uh, you know, we wanted to jump on. We're going to be talking about Saltburn today. Um, really excited about it. We're a little late uh, because yeah. I've been sick as hell for two weeks and, yes. you know, Christmas and holidays and whatnot. So we're here. We're recording Saturday, Saturday January 13th. And we're finally talking about this fucking epic movie. Um, yeah. It's yeah. perfectly slutty enough for us to come back with for our channel. I'm like, you know what? This was this was really sexy. Let's just let's honor thy name. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it was actually perfect. So so I'll just intro the the movie really quick. So it was directed by Emerald Fennell, starring Barry Keoghan and Jacob Lordy. Um, and then I'll just quickly read the synopsis for anybody that just wants a quick refresher on what the movie was supposed yeah, to be also- about. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, come back later if you don't want to know everything that happened. I really don't know a single person on this planet that hasn't watched it. So You just never know. I don't want to be that asshole. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We are talking about Salt Burn from 2023. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so here's the IMDb synopsis. A student from Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, God, what a fucking ride this movie was. Yes, it was. A lot of shock value, and it worked. I yep. was shocked. Loved yes. it. I think she's a lot of people. Um, there's a couple things that we'll get into that I thought were well done some things maybe not as well but yeah. i think overall it was very fun like it was it just had really good moments it was like cool it was sexy um i don't know like it was enjoyable yep yep so um yeah i mean i think that they aimed to entertain and entertained they did yes Um, i loved it it was incredibly entertaining i think that it was like an immediate cult classic like it's gonna be something that i go back and watch a lot um it was beautiful god what a pretty movie it was um And yeah, and I just, I really just am, was so excited. I've been excited about it all year, like, you know, seeing the press and stuff because I love Barry Keoghan and he, um, I loved him ever since I saw the A24 movie, which is uh, part of like the HBO subsets, you know, we've focused on A24 movies in the past. So, so I am really just kind of like attached to that, the history of him working with A24, but there's a movie that he's in that he plays this like teenage psychopath called a killing um the killing of a sacred deer if you haven't seen it you should watch it also starring colin farrell and nicole kidman fantastic but he is he is so scary in that movie with the way that he is able to portray just like this vacant crazy psychotic character and i was really excited to see how he brought that into this movie 
um, which he did. Fantastic. Um, fun fact, quickly. Uh, he had, when he was kind of creating this character with Emerald, five different versions of himself that he like studied and practiced and had like a moleskin for each of one of those characters and and mm-hmm. within scenes would turn one off turn one on etc cetera, etc cetera. so like he really and that conveyed very clearly through the movie that he was acting in that way right like he mm-hmm. was a different person from scene to scene so i thought it was i thought it was good um in yeah in the respect that it was very entertaining i think the acting was fantastic um there were yeah and like you said there were negative things there were some things that kind of fell flat a little flaccid for me Mm -hmm. um i think specifically like how shocking it all was was like oh my fucking god what am i watching i remember um i don't get high a lot um but i was visiting my family in florida for christmas and i had some gummies and watched this for the first time when it came out and i'm on my mom's couch at like midnight and i'm texting maddie and i'm like Madison, oh my fucking god, I don't know what I'm watching. This is crazy. Yes. Oh um, my god. Yeah, I know. A gummy will fucking put you in a different space. And it's not going to be like that. I'm like, yeah, you're in another world, girl. You gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta be careful with that shit. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, is like, I um, didn't realize <laughs> that until I had rewatched the movie again sober that like the scenes that I thought were lasting 20 fucking minutes were only like 20 seconds. And I'm like, Oh my God, I am in this awkward, crazy, like just insane spot, like of him fucking a grave. And I'm thinking that I'm here for 30 straight minutes, but really those scenes, they just, you know, because I was high, it just felt like they were. Yes. And honestly, they were a little bit lingering. Like there are some like lingering scenes about, the movie and I think that helped emphasize like I don't want to even call it obsessive like yes he was obsessive in the way that he got the property but I don't think he was necessarily obsessed with anyone and that's what he says in the beginning although I'm like you're a literal psycho I don't believe anything that comes out of your mouth so yeah so that actually brings me to a point that I definitely um wanted to talk about with you here um and we haven't discussed so Maddie and I have discussed a little bit offline but um but we really tried to save the bulk of what our conversation was going to be for online for this podcast but one of the things that I had mentioned that we hadn't talked about was so so we in the beginning it starts off as this romance right of him mm-hmm. loving Felix right there's um, Oliver and Felix and Felix's uh, Jacob Elordi so there's a, it's just this very like budding romantic kind of the it gave me very much call me by your name we'll get into that yes. later. There was like um, some longing. But yes, like this longing, this envy, this um, obsession, this whatever, mm-hmm. the feeling that I know too well, my whole chart is ruled by Mars, Every, <laughs> everything that has to do with love also has to do with competition for me. Um, so so it's that, so that was how it started. And then once Felix actually, uh, spoiler, dies, um, then it becomes about Saltburn. So right. what my question was, was... Like, do we think that if Felix had never found out about Oliver and his lying and was still alive, was like, was Felix the goal or was Saltburn always the goal? Um, well, that's the thing, because I think there's some ambiguity to the beginning of the movie when I go back and I think about, well, 
Was he just a regular student at Oxford and he met this family? Did he do research on them before? I mean, he was a top scholar, right? So like he could have researched the people in the school and was like, you know what? I hate my life. Although I don't know why, because it seemed wonderful. Right. Like, I'm like, what the fuck, buddy? Like you have great parents. Yeah. So again, not enough context. We don't, we don't know behind closed doors. Um, And you know, it's only a movie. So like, we only have so much time. Yeah. So I do think that it was about Saltburn from the get. Okay. It is so elaborate. And like, the thing is, why would he spare Felix if he kills everyone around Felix? And this, he's going to get a a hunch. He's going to have a little, I feel like something's a little off unless he like drugs him for his whole life. And I don't know, you know, and he's obviously willing because like he kind he, killed the mom slowly by basically i guess poisoning and then she probably got some disease i don't know yes yeah um yeah i think that that was like the biggest the like one like really uh the takeaway like i you know we love a movie where it's ambiguous and you know you're left questioning and you know you're like oh my god what was all this for and what blah 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 but like i think that with this that was like the one main question that i had because at the end you know, it it gives this, the like montage of all of the shit that he did and his master plan, et cetera, et cetera, which I think was probably really unnecessary. That's one of my (laughs) negative marks, but, but, but it did leave me questioning, like, was he actually in love with Felix? You know, especially because of the way, the way that the ending was written, where he keeps reiterating, it starts, the movie starts off like that. And then ends with him saying, I loved him, but I wasn't in love with him, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm like, was it, you know, I I, I don't know. It's it's weird for me to think about it because it did seem at least that he really, he did not struggle killing anybody else. He, or framing Farley or any of that, but he did struggle with Felix in the beginning, which makes me think that it was about Felix. And I think he did put him the most compassionately. Sorry, that sounded like an animal. Jesus. So insensitive. I am so sorry. But what I'm saying is like the way that he enacted like his murder was it was poison. So it's right. not like traumatic and vicious. Which poison is know. a crime of passion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so yeah, so that's kind of I think that like for me, I'll never know. Um and I do but I do appreciate you saying that, you know, he is a top scholar. He did, and then even from the very beginning it almost felt like even just like him looking at his window at Felix and his friends in the courtyard and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, like it felt like a lot of that, his whole introduction was calculated. We And then when we find That's out nice. at the end that it was calculated, yeah. he, yeah, he put the pin in the bike, you know, tire and he That's set the whole thing, right? So. Fucker. Um, yeah. Yeah. A little bitch. Yeah, and God, I makes him such a good actor. I, you know, Ooh. if you can make me fucking like hate you or make my skin itch, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. But a plus, Roses. right? Like, well, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I could spend an entire hour just talking about him in general. Like he he yeah. threw me for a loop a couple times because they're like he just went from like one extreme to the other. You know when. Um, like how shy he was in the beginning and how vulnerable he was, but only in the presence of Felix and him not being able to pay the tap at the bar kind of thing, like that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, right? And clearly all of that was calculated. 
Um, but then going into like his little mini, um, this is probably my favorite, my, were my favorite bits throughout the first time I watched it was when he got alone with the sister or with the mom or, you know, mm-hmm. with any of them, it was he, like, he just like something switched and he just became this like super confident, like, yeah, I don't know. It was, re- it was really fun to watch him go, like weave through these you know at least those two personalities like the vulnerable and then the well it's it's so surprising that it's almost it's sexy like i I think especially from going so shy with the first time we see it is with uh the girlfriends that felix well i don't even want to say girlfriend but like hookup that he was with and she's like oh is like felix here and he's like oh he's at the bar and uh you know the that switch and like she was like yeah oh I'll fucking hook up with you. Which I think that that was actually really funny because he was awful in that. Like <laughs> in terms of like his hooking up ability, like I'm watching it and I'm like, Oh God, this is awful. Like I've been there, done that. Those are awful. Please don't ever kiss or yeah. try to do, I get really, really sloppy drunk and then try to make out with a girl. What like everything that he was doing was um was terrible in that so then to see him graduate to and then the next kind of sexual scene that we see is with the sister at saltburn and he just Mm -hmm. dom daddy knows what he's doing like like i I was just like whoa like even yeah that one interaction with the one girl that felix was sucking up with was completely fake you know yeah it was i think just it was such that you know it's like one of the first switches that we see we're like oh okay you are on something else right now right uh yeah yeah and obviously okay so let's let's just get into the shocking shit okay so we'll talk about um the sister so obviously he fucking goes down dominant dada all over her and it, like fucking is it the first night or the second night that that I happens it's, i believe it's the i don't even know if it's the second night i think it's a few nights in because she has already been the first night that he sees her she's outside looking at the moon he goes out and he scares her and and is you know asks if she's okay and then after that you know so is when she saw Right, right. Uh, okay. Then she kind of seduces him. She's in yeah. her in the see-through nightdress under my window. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So you know he fucking basically lays fucking game on her, gives her fellatio, and she's on her period. And he's like, "Yeah, lucky for you, I'm a vampire." And Olivia Rodrigo immediately went off in my head. I was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it was, I think everyone was super shocked. Um, I'm not going to say too, too much about it because I'm a lady and you know, I think blood is magic. I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Like I produce that. Yep. That makes babies. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's what, I mean, I think that that part, um, it, so that was the first really jarring thing. I think um, there was. I can't remember if he. Um, no, I, I think that's the second thing. The I, first thing was the bathtub. Now, yeah, right. I was. I was just thinking, like, was the bathtub first or was this first? I think the bathtub. Okay, 
Okay, so let's just let's just go in chronological order for okay. the sake of remembering how I felt that night when I was very very high on my mom's couch watching this for the first time. Oh God. Break <laughs> by myself in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should start with Jacob Elordi. So you right. know. Oh well, honestly, okay, actually, you know what? I think we should pivot to him because I have a lot of really really great things to say like i love him in this even when when they're first um sorry just an appreciation note here but when they're first in saltburn the way i love i really really love a non-stop camera work like the choreography room to room cameras non-stop and and when uh felix gets oliver oliver finally gets to the to saltburn to the castle and and Felix is giving him a tour and they're just going from all these rooms and it's just the decadence and the fucking Henry VIII's and all the stuff is like, you know, and he's like, even, he even says, and for the record, I just watched Tudors and that's about Henry VIII. And literally they mentioned it in this, this movie that like, oh, I'm pretty sure Henry VIII's spunk is still in that bed. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's so funny. he was such a horror. Anyways. Um, great. Just, even like uh, Jacob Elordi's, like his hand movements of like dead rally dead rally dead rally yeah. you know it was it was so good it like he really like gave me posh english like old english old money like it just it was it was very spot on um his accent was perfect it like yeah. it couldn't have been any better so i also like, want to just appreciate him being in a like nice guy role uh, I know he was he was in the kissing booth, right? Yes. Yeah, but he it was also on Euphoria, and I think right. like seeing that he like he had a very troubled role on that, and it I don't know like this is very refreshing, right? So refreshing. I was like, oh my god, you are such a sweetheart. This is so nice. I, you know, like we love to see it sometimes. Not everyone has to be a fucking dick. Give me one good character, just one time. You know, he's probably right. going to die, which he did. So, you know, just let us live for those 48 minutes. Right, of and the I, think that, right. I think that that's one of, the, one of the more interesting things about the this movie, too, is that specifically when we're focusing on Felix, he actually is, out of all of them, arguably a really good person. And so that's that's what's kind of interesting, is that he was the main victim, at least from the start, um mm-hmm. you know venetia the sister like she like she's not i'm not saying any of them are bad people but like she doesn't she doesn't try to be a good person i don't think right. that she's bad but i don't think she, she tries whereas mm-hmm. like um uh felix he actually is a good like he you could tell that he's you know kind and caring and compassionate and all this stuff and, and is really trying mm-hmm. to make ollie feel welcome and etc so um yeah so i i don't know i just i appreciate his i i really appreciated his acting in it i appreciated that he was the nice guy i appreciated that it gave like a layer of like it like not all these posh rich you know old english assholes are actually assholes like they're you know he he Hmm. was not like the rest of the bunch in you know in terms of like the you know how i i think just to throw a little monkey wrench in with all of that being said, especially about his character. Yes. It is painted to us that he's good and compassionate and kind. And he probably mostly is, but it is a posh setting. 
I think the point of his character is to smoke and mirror us and make us believe that he's good when he probably has done some terrible shit too. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of well played. That was something that I thought was done well in that specific character. I was like, okay, yeah. Right. Like there's a point to this poshness and these people and him being like, you know what? Fuck all y'all. Well, right, because we do see, at least with, like, his relationship with Farley, as we get further into the movie, how he is kind of cutthroat and kind of ruthless, you know, when Mm -hmm. he's saying that he's, you know, Farley needs to be cut off and et cetera, et cetera, and they have that kind of tiff that they have. Um, So, yeah, I think that, yes, it's definitely played. I think that just coming from the way that the other characters in the family are written, he is definitely the, like, quote unquote the kindest one or like is supposed to see right. that way right well and but, i i think the sister says it she's like oh i see why my brother likes you because you're so real real yeah, yeah. so i'm like okay like you, this is very some like uh jasmine trying to go into the market and fucking right. be with her people type shit i said yes. jasmine was good sorry i don't know how the fuck a disney reference got in here we're back oh my god okay so for any time listeners if you ever come back again i will like literally maddie finds a way to mention disney in every fucking contest we do <laughs> um yeah no, i don't no, know no. why i do that i'm not even a disney adult it's so fucking strange yeah yeah but no but you're you're totally right you're totally right and i think and and basically that's what um you know oliver says at the end of it anyways is like i played felix because he wants to be the save a hoe like he wants to be this this you know savior type doing better things for you know doing things for um underprivileged people because that makes him feel better that elevates his ego and you know etc so like so yeah, so I think that, that that was one of the more interesting written um like I don't know, all of the characters were really written very interestingly. Yeah, the mom and the dad, what the fuck? The fucking Rosamund Pike who plays the mom, um she was uh, so Maddie, I know that you mentioned quickly that you she annoyed the shit out of you. Uh, she was my favorite. Oh I fucking God. loved her. I <laughs> thought that she was hysterical. I thought that her one-liners, they're going to last for a decade. Like, the just the note about, like, oh, I was a lesbian for a while, but it, it was all just too wet for me in the end. I was like, yeah. that is exactly why I've never even tried. Because I'm like, it yeah. is. it seems so wet. It just, yeah. All of it seems so wet. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, yeah. She was iconic, but I don't know. I think because they were written, like, the the strangeness worked on me. I was like, I can't even, like, you're boggling my brain right now. I don't even know what you are. I think it was just so strange and so forward and, like, like prickly in a sense. And that's why I was annoyed. Even the husband, I was like, what the fuck is going on? By the way, is the husband the angry guy from Spice World? Yes. Their manager. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I love that man. He was so fucking funny in Spice World. He was probably the best character in it all besides yes, the girls. His name is, his name is Richard oh. E. Grant. Yes. Oh my God, and Richard he, E. Grant, it's so good to see you again. Fuck right. yeah. You're an icon right. from my childhood. What up, exactly. dude? Oh my I'm God. so glad you have work and you're doing great. 
Um, speaking of, if any big time um, box producers are listening to this, can we please advocate to get Spice World like somewhere on streaming? Somewhere because- on a stream. I'm like, I have to order like a VHS tape to watch this shit. Like, it yeah. is. I can't find it anywhere. Anyways, oh, sorry. Banned DVD. Get out of my life. Like, get the fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> Even DVDs. I'm just like, what? How the hell am I going to watch that now? Yeah. Sorry. Anyhow. <laughs> yes. So it was. Uh. So getting back to the shock value and and Felix and Oliver. You know. So we have the bathtub scene, and I just want to say. Obviously, it was shocking, and I was like, "Oh my fucking god, why would you do this?" We'll we'll get to the Jacob Alordi part, but um, I just have to say, I'm like, how you brought that saying to life? Like, she's so hot, I drink her bath water. I, I think I was just my brain is still stunned. I'm like, why did you put that in pictures? Why did we put that in video, moving script? What yeah. is this? Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. I think um, I kind of appreciated it, though, in a sense, because I hate cliches and I love cliches. And I think, like, that's a cliche. And it was just, it was funny as fuck to see it played out, even though it was kind of gross and shocking at the same time. It, yeah, so that was one of the scenes that, um, in my high mind, it lasted 30 minutes. And I was yes. like, oh, my God, is this slurping ever yes. going to end? Like, I I've seen enough. So slow. Please stop it right now. I need to pause this and take a mo and understand what the fuck I just watched. It was not necessarily the bathwater. It was the licking of the... And that, and just because of how fucking gross that is. Like, it's just... Oh god! And not even the licking of like the spunk that's in the drain, just the licking of the yes. drain. Yes. Oh my god! It's like have you have you actually ever looked at your own bath? I'm sure most people that are listening to this have. Correct. And I'm like, we're all like, normal. It's the grossest thing in the world. Like that is the grossest right. part of anybody's house is that fucking drain. So like, correct. But I will say that leading up to that, I was hella turned on because it was just the of the like, you know there's there's something that's just arguably always hot about voyeurism and it you know i'm sorry like it just it is what it is him Fine. peeking through the door jacob lordy being the fine ass man that he is with this gorgeous oh. neck and the way yeah. that that neck the lighting of that scene, it's like, it's so apparent that a woman directed this yep. because like only yep. you would know that like, it is, is literally women. I feel like in, in, a you know, I, I'm not speaking for all women speaking for myself. I love shit on the nose, but I also love subtlety. Like subtlety mm-hmm. is sexy. So like we didn't even have to see anything above like Jacob Elordi's, like, we didn't even see nipple in that. Yes. We saw everything up, and it was still... We have spoken about this many times. I am not against the sex scene, but I have questioned it even myself. I'm like, I wonder if nudity is necessary to, like, make a really hot, steamy thing. Like, because I have definitely seen things in my life where I was like, wow, that was hot, and I didn't even see a single fucking side boob. I hardly think that it is, and with this movie, it proves it, because even with Venetia, even with Venetia, we don't see, the scene with Venetia, we don't see anything. Mm -mm. The only time that, I mean, and Barry does well about, you know, we'll get to his exposing. Yes. But, but like, outside of anything with anybody else, he, there is no, 
actual nudity shown at all. Right. It's literally all, you know, uh, so, so yeah. So I think that like, that was one of my favorite parts uh, mm-hmm. and where I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. I like this. Because yeah, and I think literally honestly, just like the buildup of the whole movie, like the sexiness of everything generally, like that is, it was, I think one of my favorite things about the movie is how they uh, were able to make that tension and build up and like make you kind of like anticipate and be like, oh my God, like, you know, like that feeling about the movie, I think was one of the best parts. Right. So, you know, like when you can do that without like being on the nose, I think that's like kind of a gift and it's special. You know, like, right. It's that's um, the point. Like, you want to leave it to mystery, right? What makes it hot? Exactly. Well, exactly, exactly. It's the yeah. What isn't seen is what is the like. What what you're not seeing is what the fantasy is, and so yeah. that you know. So yeah. So I loved that. I loved the way that that was shot. Jacob Lordy. I'm like, I I personally yeah, have never like, her for doing that. You know, right. well, it's crazy. The thing is, like, even the kissing booth, and then even Euphoria. I think there was only one scene in Euphoria that, like, I was just like, well, I'm wicked attracted to you right now, and that was when he had all the makeup on in the club, and it was oh, yeah. it's like fantasy. It wasn't even real. Um, where like, but like me personally with him, I mean, he's got princess die fashion in all of his paparazzi pictures. And I fucking love that. Like his, like him in, 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 as an actual person, I'm just like, yeah, you can get it. But in this, like in any acting role that he's, he's done, at least so far, I have not, I've seen him in Priscilla too. And still, even then I, I was not like anywhere near as attracted to him as I was in these like the 30 seconds of that because of the way that he was filmed because of like just it was gorgeous it was absolutely gorgeous and it was it was it was sneaky and sexy and Mm -hmm. and it it was you know desirable yeah like yeah yeah Um, there's so so yeah so then so the bathwater you know the bathtub scene that happened right that's what all everybody's talking about and and honestly it was the grossest thing but i think that it um it definitely like i don't know we had i would say like three big at least sexual wows in this and then the ending was just a whole nother shock level in itself sure Um, but yeah, so that started off and what I would have liked to see, if I'm being honest, is I would have liked to see him and we get kind of clips of this. There's a lot of it that's a little foggy and we don't really know what's going on, which I love that in movies. I'm not, not a fan of that, but with like, um, you know, with Oliver, uh, being outside of like Felix's window, watching him have sex with the girl and smoking the cigarette, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, like in the bushes, like that we get like a, bits of voyeurism, but not actually told really. Yeah. So with, with the bathtub scene, what I didn't like, the only critique that I had about it and the way that it, it unfolded was I wish that he would have watched him a couple more times before, because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he does it. I, at least this is what I thought. Like I thought that he d- he did it twice, and it was like, okay, this is this is Felix's thing. Is he like go- he takes a bath and he jerks off in the bath, and yeah, this is his like nightly whatever. And so Oliver like 
you know, catches on to that and then goes like, I, I just wish that right. one or two more times that he watched him versus going straight into the fucking tub. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. I there was just a little bit more of like a build up there of, yeah, of, the, that's desperation, of the desperation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that um, I think would have made it fall a little bit better in my mind instead of just like, you're just going straight in there. Like, after after yeah. one time like that's crazy dude yeah. like, so and i think it's too it's like kind of telling i'm like when i saw that i was like oh i literally am not gonna put anything past you from this right. moment forward like you're that's extra right the I first think that, time. yes and i so so i think that you know that definitely sets the tone of the movie that was when i was like holy mm-hmm. fucking shit give me a seatbelt. like i gotta yeah. I just yeah. happen for this one. Like this is going to turbulence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Um, um yeah. It, it it was I will give her credit for fucking shocking the pants off of everybody. Right. Okay, like good job. Great job team. Um, <laughs> you know, so we we get along in the movie and I guess we can but we can jump. continue talking about the vampire scene. So um I loved this because I am a person that as I've already said love competition, I love power playing, I love like that kind of I mean I just think that that's sexy. So him coming even the way that it's shot when he first comes down, it's giving Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It's giving courtyard um romance but making your window it's giving the rock of gibraltar it's giving all of that like so (laughs) down and she's just sitting on this random chair and it speaks to either that's bad i mean not bad writing but like it speaks to how desperate she is like she really wants his attention and yeah. the way that he just slowly comes down and and you know is circling her like a fucking hawk and I'm just like like she's prey and yeah. I'm like oh my god sign me the fuck up <laughs> love yeah. that shit loved it loved every minute of it I also um the only thing that I didn't like is like the just this open mouth very teethy kissing but like <laughs> you know it's supposed to be gross and weird and not normal you know so like i i got it um but i would have liked to see some just like actual kissing that would have been yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i loved it too he was very domineering and all of that it was you know like very strong it 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 came off as extremely manly i was like oh you want you want man man okay all right daddy yeah like (laughs) you know i i think we all like again it was like scared i was like oh oh my god i'm scared but in like the best way yeah so yeah uh yeah it was it was high i i loved it and you know so he shocks us again sexually yes (laughs) later on when felix dies um and again i guess this kind of backs up your theory of like okay was it love or was it just the property because the way he is about the grave i mean like He's he has sex with the grave, right? We all know this. That yeah. was insane, but it was really sad. It, it was like, well because he was weeping the entire time. I know it kind of like 
put a pit in my stomach. I was like, oh also, my God. Also, uh, fun fact, that was all improvised. He, yes. that, that was not in the script. Like he did that. He was like, he asked, Barry Keoghan literally asked Emerald for a closed set and was like, can I just take one scene, like take one cut and, and just improvise and just do, I don't know what the original script was. It was probably just him going to be weeping I don't know, maybe getting naked or I don't know, maybe Back something off. that yeah. was there. Yeah, right. But but he went like full in. And the thing is, is like after the bathtub scene, after the vampire scene, and then we get to this scene, I'm like, oh, I knew immediately. I was like, he's going to fuck this grave. He's going to fuck the grave. Oh, yeah. What yeah. Are oh, my God. Wait, I'm so sorry. We completely skipped over fucking Farley because he. Oh, yes. Sorry. So he shocks us four times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We were wrong. Um, we'll come back to the grave in a second, but yeah. we have to talk about Farley because after he fucking eats out, you know, what's her face, Venetia, yeah, mm-hmm. he, you know, a sexual, I guess he's sexually manipulating people in this house. Well, right, yes, which- so <laughs> yes, he dr frankenfurters the fuck out of this house in the same order it is it's great because like i got this and i'll talk about influences and all of that stuff in a second after we just kind of go through you know the rest of the movie but um rocky horror picture show for anybody that's listening that has not seen it please go fucking watch it i made maddie watch it and literally it was like it's it's Again, a cult classic. Like, I think that this will be. It was made in the 70s. Like, it was totally fucking out of this world considering how conservative we were compared to now. And, but basically, Dr. Frankenverter, sec- he invites people to his house and he fucks all of them. Like, he, yeah. he's, he's a sweet transvestite from Transylvania. Fuck yeah. And he just, you know, I don't know. He's like the sexy Tim Curry is the sexiest little man, but like he seduces everyone. He just he is a social anarchist that uses sex for anarchy. Oh my god, what is it? The um you know, the one that serves Dionysus? He's like a God, we always forget the name. Maynard. Yes, Maynard. Yes. Yeah, literally. No, Tim Curry is Dionysus. And then I think Barry Keoghan is Dionysus. Like he's just he's just cooking up all of this crazy sexual shit. Right. So with Farley, what um one of the bigger, like the kind of uncomfortable scenes for me in the movie was the karaoke scene after the party. And how Farley like calls him up and you know, but then it's it's actually really it was a sexy thing too because it wasn't just the sexual acts from Oliver that um that shocked me. It was a lot of the shit that he would just come out of his mouth. So him and Farley during that whole karaoke night scene, they're laying on the couch together, and and Farley says, "Oh, which one of these three kings would you have fucked or whatever." And then, like, Oliver looks at him and he's like, oh, why don't you just fuck me instead? And I was like, holy fucking shit. Stop it right now. That's the hottest thing you've ever said. It's super Truly. fucking gay. And I love it. Like, yeah. please. Please, I want to see this so bad. But then that night, we see him go to Far... Then Farley embarrasses him. And it's just this tit for tat uh-huh. that they keep going back and forth. Then he goes and fucking... Basically, I mean, we can't really see anything again. Another sexual experience that we don't see anything but that's uh-huh. enough. Easily enough. It's enough. 
right? Like, I don't even know what he was doing. Was he, did he have a finger in the butthole? Was he jerking him off? Like, was he, you know, no. like, what was happening, you know? Yeah. You can't tell. But <clears throat> the, one of the references that I'm going to talk about is just, is Rocky Horror Picture Dr. Frankfurter. Literally, that scene was, like, fucking cut and paste from that movie because yeah. just sneaking into the bed at night, you know, yeah. uh-huh. just this mis- mischievous, like, Dionysus kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to come and stir up shit sexually. Oh, and I think yeah. he does it, I mean, he does it with the mom too, when he, there's a point where she's already outside on, you know, the terrace and he comes out first and she says he's punctual and he was like, oh, well, they're t- she's talking about Venetia and how Venetia has an eating problem. And, um, and he's like, oh, well, you know, could you blame her? That's because you're so fucking gorgeous. And yeah. then he says it to her. I was like, man's got the crack, man. He's got the crack. He got the race, as the kids say. Yes. Yeah. He was very, very hot. But yeah, just, I just wanted to mention that because that was also a very hot scene. Right. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the grave, I mean, I guess we do see a little bit more there. You know, we do see like a little bit of action. We're not seeing like the nudity of it but like you know we're getting a little bit more there again it was very sad but it was weirdly hot i think for me you know me i know i love a devoted ass motherfucker loyal for motherfucking life married to the mom forever you know i love some shit like that so i was like oh if you're not fucking my grave when i die we weren't shit yeah Wait, forget me forever yep yep so yeah um, um, yeah no it was it was really, I, hated, I loved it right by the time yeah like i said by the time we got there i was like oh he's gonna fuck this grave like and especially because oh, yeah. it was raining and it's nice and it's uh-huh. if you can imagine what a penis feels like ladies uh, you know wet soil what might not be not that bad you might catch a staph infection maybe but you know, but it it it's there's worse things to fuck, and mm-hmm. so and men fuck weird shit all day every day. Oh god, yeah, we, all we won't the random objects I see on we porn. Get it's crazy. Yes, it was just. I, I think the devotion. I think it really just backs up the argument of like, okay, like maybe he did love Felix, and if things didn't go haywire with him finding out about all the lies, maybe he would have brought him in. But I th- I just think that it still wouldn't have worked out because Felix wasn't that dumb. No. He no, and Felix also, you know, I think that Felix was, you know, as much as he complained about his family, he actually was really with them. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, like I keep thinking back on the um, situation when, after Farley catches Venetia and Oliver hooking up, how upset Felix got. Yeah. You know, but we know that Felix and um, Venetia were really close. So like, I think that it would have been, it's a hard, it's a hard situation to penetrate. It would be different if Felix was, you know, an outsider Mm -hmm. or like a kind of an outcast, the black sheep of the family. And, and then that's, you know, easy enough to infiltrate and be like, okay, let's fuck over all these people and take all their shit. But, you know, Felix was very much indebted to them and Mm -hmm. was close to them. Um, you know, yeah. So I think that with the grave scene, um, it was, it was 
That was one of the easier things for me to watch. And I think it's because I kind of had already expected it versus every other thing that had happened. I was well, like, yeah. whoa, I didn't, th- this is out yeah, of the I mean, fucking she field. She this enough to like, you know, get us a little desensitized by that. Right. I was like, okay, right. all right. All right. You know, yeah, well, I, this is the least fucked up thing you've done thus far. It, truly. Um, truly. <laughs> so, okay. So we, we get through that. And then there's kind of like another little, I would say, like chapter to the movie. Um, So, you know. It feels like after that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he's, everyone, what happens? He's found out. He has to leave. And. Yeah. So after a while, like they, um, you know, like uh, the parents kind of keep him around. And we see throughout the movie that the parents have a really um, interesting and kind of really shitty way of making people leave after they've stayed, overstayed their welcome, right? Uh So, um, so I think that when it, like, basically where Oliver is at is, like, he knows that, like, he was only there because of Felix. Felix dies and... Mm -hmm. Then Venetia dies quickly after that. The parents are fucking distraught, even though they, you know, and I think that that, just side note, that was one of the, um, also a really interesting writing take for this is how they dealt with the deaths of their children, especially because they are what I like to call like toxically positive, like they try, they they just want to ignore, ignore, ignore and going and they, that's all they can do and et cetera. It's like, you know, both your kids died and they're both just like, it it was really interesting to see them all grieve in the way that they did after Felix died when they're all sitting at the table together, Farley's crying and the dad's trying to be positive and and the mom isn't talking to anybody and Venetia's crying and Ollie is just sitting there like, uh, okay. Like, you know, it was, it was all just very interesting to see the way that like everybody grieved in such a different way, which I think is really realistic mm-hmm. um you know with family dynamics especially ones that i mean at least i can assume ones like this one um so i think that after the grave scene like it was it was weird like it it was like a third act because it was basically like they were saying like okay well ollie it's you know it's time to leave like you mm-hmm. gotta go Um, and, and he was trying to manipulate the dad. He was manipulating the mom. He was Mm -hmm. the one that was just giving them the answers that they were looking for, which in, when I was watching it, it felt very obvious and that I didn't, I thought that the writing there could have been smarter a little bit, like, because all the parents wanted was for somebody to be positive and, Venetia and Farley could not do that because they actually mm-hmm. loved Felix, right? Right. Whereas, like Oliver, kind of was just like, "Oh well, it could, it's going to be better. It's going to, you know, it's going to be great," and et cetera, et cetera, and was like feeding them what they actually what they thought that they needed to hear. Yeah. But yeah, so I thought that like that part was a little. This is where it gets a little choppy for me, um, because I agree. less uh fanciful and and pretty and lucid and kind of this romance you know time goes by too and like i feel like when it's further spaced out from like where we were it makes it choppy as well because like we're going we just go through a a bit of time in the third act very quickly right right Um, yeah so like there's a lot of like unexplained things so the 
uh what is it the husband ends up dying eventually right when you know like from years and years later so farley gets banished venetia dies because of of right but technically he's the one that cuts her wrists as we find out right um so a venetia dies and then ollie gets paid to leave basically the husband is like the father is like um we like we i just can't have you here anymore how much is it going to take for you to leave he asked for what three million dollars or something something along those lines just millions of dollars and cuts him a check he leaves and then i believe it's like 10 years later something like that because this this film was supposed to be set like this whole storyline was supposed to be set in 2006 so I don't know. Okay. It longer than I don't. I don't remember how many years actually pass in between the very end and and where we left off with the kids dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so time passes. He gets sick. He. I don't. And the thing is, is also it's not clear whether Oliver had anything to do with Correct. the father's death. That right. could have been totally natural. But right. he does one hundred percent figure out where um rosamund pike's character is going and meets right. in the coffee shop and then yeah it gets invited back in because she's now distraught she has literally no family left right and she and loved him left. and she yeah. loved him yeah yeah so you know he gets back to fucking saltburn 10 or so years later and he's like you know what i only got one bitch left to kill poisons this hoe right slowly and this part just visually it just i didn't love it It was when he ripped out her fucking like throat piece for her breathing yeah even just it was it was tough it was um it brought i think that the way the reason like the fact that the movie was ended the way that it did was shitty because it almost felt like it was a thriller up until then and then i feel like the ending for me really tanked it because it was like well this isn't fun anymore yeah it made it kind of dull i was like oh what the fuck also i'm like why did we have to kill the mom she was literally not gonna fuck up your salt burn life. She exactly. was so dumb. Exactly. Ugh. I'm just like you could have lived the rest of your life with her. Like, yeah. she would have loved you. Like, she, you know, like, yeah. So I, I agree, and I think that, yeah, I just feel like she, like that, that was really awful. It was an like, like at least with like Felix and with Venetia, like they had quick, like sure. it was out of there, right, like. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, you killed two people to play the long games and then just play the longer game by killing this other person very slowly. Like, it just, mm-hmm. it, it almost felt like, like, why would you do this? It, you were the only person in this woman's life. Just wait for her to die naturally and she's going to give everything to you anyways. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. like she wouldn't let him fucking completely take over. You know, like, she, she trusted, like, she was the one relationship like she really trusted him from from day dot you know what i mean so like yeah that it almost felt unnecessary it felt like it kind of it really brought it down for me it it became not fun and young and sexy anymore it became very morbid and 
Um, yeah, that was a bit dark for me. Yeah. I was like, okay, like we are off the fun ride now. Right, right. So <laughs> she immediately brings us back on the fun, though. She's like, oh, just had to get real fucking dark. But now this man has got the deeds to the fucking property. Right. Living large. Right. And okay. uh, we get a great nude dancing scene from him with no prosthetic for anyone Actual who has peen. it. Yeah. Actual peen. And honestly, like, I obviously enjoyed that because I feel like the ratio of real boobs on screen needs to be fucking evened out. Right. some peens and some male butts like yeah. you know how many women's parts i've seen on screen and how little men's parts i've seen i don't feel like it's fair or equal besides that i actually really liked the vulnerability and like the dancing uh i don't know like obviously you're nude but like dancing as a man i think in general is a little like I don't know. If you're not a professional dancer, it can feel scary. I'm a woman well, and I especially still feel scary to dance when you have an extra appendage that's just like flying around, you know? Yeah, like, you're not just trying to control your arms and legs. You're also trying to control a body part that's just this like floppy mess. That's you know? true. It's like, true. I'm just like he like he went in in for it. And he I went for that. It was it was great. Also, great dick, Barry. Just, just Bravo. Yeah. Loves it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that was, it was, um, that scene specifically reminded me of American Psycho. There are a lot of references that I want to talk about with this yeah. movie. Um, yeah. but, but yes, I, I think that yes. And then the mutter on the dance floor. Oh my God. Shout out to using that song. I had it on my old pizzeria workplace playlist that we played in the pizzeria like fucking eight years ago and I was so shocked when that song came on I was so happy I was like oh my gosh I actually know all of these words because it's on my fucking playlist right for years I'm glad that they got their flowers I maybe it was popular then too but um I don't know it's got some traction and like it's all over I think TikTok right now so right it's great yeah I um yes love that I love a playlist um or artist blow up because of a viral moment yeah for me it was like a little baby full circle right and like also just to give barry his final flowers of this specific podcast episode i mean the fact that he it was so vulnerable and was so willing and was just into it and was like yep nope i don't need a prosthetic i'm just gonna fucking do this and i'm gonna basically like what i loved is like the um the comparison of what i was saying with jacob alordi like the way that he was walking through the house and and doing his, you know, dead rally, dead rally, da da da. This is Dad's Teddy, and blah blah blah. This yeah. is the days, and this is the, this is the long library. This is the red library, and this is one oh, King Henry's fucking spunks over there, and blah. Yeah. like instead, like I love that it ended with because that was our first introduction of Thalburn, and then the, the our ending, like our outro of Thalburn was him. Like, you know, I don't know. He was, he wasn't saying anything, but he's dancing to the song naked. Dead yeah. rally, dead rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, definitely like, it, was, it was very much like reliving that same, that, that like continuous shot, which I love, love yeah. continuous shots like that. So yes, um, I wanted to talk about just the influences and just Emerald Fennell and 
when I okay, so when I first watched this, I immediately got two of my favorite movies of all time are Call Me by Your Name and Rocky Horror Picture Show. And mm-hmm. both of those I got immediately when I watched this. Same. Continuing to watch it and also reading other articles and things like that and just and taking in all the media about this movie when it first came out because it was fucking huge a couple months ago, right? So like everyone was talking about it. Everyone's still talking about it. Um Talented Mr. Ripley, which I had never seen. Uh, with Jude Law and Matt Damon, but I did watch it almost immediately after because of how much people have compared it. And it literally is basically the same shit. It's the same yeah. storyline. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so, and and for the record, I'm not saying any of this in like a negative or derogatory or anything. I just feel like it needs to be mentioned. Like it needs to be talked about because- No, I agree. I think specifically what actually made me upset about this, because there are other references that I'll talk about too, but like the, what made me upset about it is, is- in an interview, one of the first interviews that Emerald Fennell, who is the director of this, the writer and director, she denied having any inspiration from the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. And so mind you, she said that this movie has been in her thoughts and she's been developing it for eight years. Talented Mr. Ripley came out in early 2000s. Um, and she said that none of that had any, like it, it wasn't even a thought in her mind. And I'm like, first of all, that's impossible. Right. Yeah. And second of all, like you can't deny that the the plot and the storyline is very similar. Right. So with um Call Me by Your Name, I think that a lot of it it wasn't necessarily plot or story, but it was a lot of visuals. It was a lot of the the relationship between Oliver and Felix versus Oliver and Elio, right? Like it was, it very very mm-hmm. similar in that way. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show I had already mentioned earlier. Just the Doctor Frankenfurter, Frankenfurter, like his relationship with his guests and et cetera, like just the the sexuality of it, and um, and even literally like if you put scenes side by side, they look identical. Which if you want to know, um, or if you want to see. I posted some on our Instagram page, um, HB Host Pod. Go check it out. I put literal side by sides of, um, I compared Call Me by Your Name um, and Rocky Horror to this movie, and it's unfucking canny. It's uncanny. Yes. It is yeah. it, like you can't deny it. There's no denying it. Right. What right. she had said, her influences that she had actually listed or said in interviews was. A Clockwork Orange and Cruel Intentions. And A Clockwork Orange, I can understand because there's the psy- the psychopath. It's a Stanley Kubrick film. It's great. But it's very psychopathic. It's very jarring. It was very much, you know, um, not, I, I don't want to say ahead of its time, but but it was, it was shock, it, the shock value in that movie was crazy, right? So I yeah. get her being inspired by that. I also get the cruel intentions just specifically visually about how things were filmed and how, um, you know, like the, the lighting of things. And then also just the interpersonal, how sexual things were interpersonally. But I still think that Rocky horror and call me by your name should be on the top fucking two. Like those are 100 and the talented Mr. Ripley. Mm-hmm. Those three 100% up there. Like, it I agree. feels like she took a lot from these different movies. There's more too, but like, I feel like she took a lot of influence from all of these different movies 
And what the only thing that upsets me is that she's not giving the credit there, though, when Mm -hmm. it is so blatantly obvious. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, like, this is why we're on the pod. We're going to air it out because why not? You know, and the thing is, we still loved it. Right. Right. Yeah, like, we're not even coming at her. We're just like, hey, you know, like, maybe you did. Like, if you're in film, I would just assume that, like, you're familiar with the canon. Right. So it's, yeah, it felt a little bit strange to hear her say that. Now, I'm not saying not everyone has seen everything in this fucking lifetime. So I don't know. You know, I don't know her shit. But I also, I'm just like, yeah, when you're in the field, like, you're supposed to. You're supposed to know and research these things, especially if this well, is no, and there's no way that she years. has not, exactly. And like the thing is, yeah. like the movies that I'm talking about, it's not like they're just some fucking random French foreign from 1965 that like, oh, I'm just like, oh, this reminds me of it. No, Call Me by Your Name, Rocky Horror Picture Show, American Psycho, The Talented Mr. Ripley. All of these things are very much mainstream. We're very, all of them were cult classics. Like all of it, like, you know what I mean? So like, it's, it's not even, even to say that she might've not seen them and might've not known is bullshit. She definitely, it's it's really hard to justify that. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. I I can agree with that. Give the credit where credit is due. I think that it was just the, the talented Mr. Ripley. I had like heard the interview. I had seen the reactions. I hadn't even seen the movie yet. And immediately when watched it, I was like, Oh shit, this is the same. This is really similar. (laughs) Like this is really, really similar. And that's not to discredit Saltburn at all. And I think that Saltburn is fantastic and yeah. it was entertaining and it was, and it was new in a lot of ways. Um, I think that there's just a, like a, like a, there's something about the way that Emerald Fennell did it and like the way that she spoke about it after that kind of gave me a bad taste just because the thing is, is like what we all need to realize is like there's n- like really truly no such thing as an like an individual first thought. Like all of your thoughts are based on perceptions of other things and influences from other things. And yeah, and you know, no one does anything new anymore. You can't. Everything's well, been done. Right. You know? even, exactly. Even then. Even then. I don't think that anything ever was new ever. Like right. something. The first thought was real. The egg was real, and then the chicken came after, and then so on and so forth. Right. Like it's everything is influenced by something else always. Mm-hmm. So like it's not a shame to say that. Right. You know, exactly. Like, it's not a shame to say that I pulled from these yeah. ten great it's films. It's actually kind of flattering. It's like a poetic right. reference. You're like, fuck, dude, this was so iconic. And like, I really wanted to like bring a bunch of iconic things together. Right. To make one big iconic thing. Like, right. Right. Exactly. You know, so, like, I, it kind of feels like she pulled the best parts of all of those of things. Of a bunch of things. Together. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. that's why I was like, when I watched it, I loved it. When I had read what she was saying about it, I was like, ew, because I'm like, no, you should be proud that you pulled the best things of all of these other things, right? Like, like, exactly. So, 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 yeah, yeah, I, um, I really loved it. Uh, do you have, I guess, any other favorite scenes that we didn't talk about or anything favorite? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I loved, I really, really loved like pretty, like everything that Barry was in and also just really, really love him. And got, like, I just want to say to the listeners, like check out his, his whole 
what everything that he's done. He's he was in Killing of Sacred Deer. He was in Dunkirk. He was in The Green Knight. He was in um he like everything that he and in a lot of those he's in small parts, but he's so talented that I'm I'm really excited that finally he's getting clout and finally he's on the map because he's so good. He like was raised in foster care like in the slums of dublin like he you know he's had a hard life and like so him finally getting you know some recognition and being for being such an amazing actor i really just wanted to shout him out especially on this um but yeah i mean i don't know the whole thing it was it was entertaining it was fucking also by the way guy that plays farley sorry i don't know your name fucking the most gorgeous person i've ever seen in my life God, the cast was great. So beautiful. So gorgeous. Um, Okay. So I have to shout out the architecture because the first scene, truly, uh, the way that they did it, I don't know what wide ass fucking angle lens they put on that shit. But when he first gets to the the property, um, you can like see the whole room. It was just a beautiful shot of the architecture. Like, I really, really loved it. It, like, kind of just, like, stuck with me. I was like, wow, like, that was really nice. Like, I don't know how you guys did that or who thought of it, but it was just, like, it felt, like, kind of grand because, like, you could see the whole thing. And I just, I liked that. It made the the Saltburn property feel, like, luxurious and grand. and Videography, yes, the videography was amazing the it it felt grandiose it should have felt grandiose it was it was wonderful like it yeah i I really appreciated that shot it was fucking great Mm -hmm. yeah um and my last thing speaking of farley (laughs) i want salt burn 2 to come out where farley comes back for Jesus, I'm just like it. It really did feel like an easy cop out to just frame Farley for some shit and get him out of there. I was waiting every minute for him to come back with a vengeance before the end of the movie. I think that they like yes, 100. We need a fucking we need a sequel. Yeah, we need Farley fucking two point oh. Salt burnt. Salt burnt. Hell yeah. um yeah i definitely need to see him come back with a fucking vengeance in like 30 years and i would actually want them to use a completely different cast of like older people to pull it off i think that would make it very very fun i don't know if i know a single older person that i've seen at least in film or television that is as pretty as farley is farley Um, god he is just when i first laid eyes on him i was like you are the most beautiful person i think i've ever seen in my life hello Um, (laughs) <laughs> he's just so pretty my god yeah. uh, the cast was gorgeous yeah. like even the, the mom what i forgot what her name was she just had a really cute ass face i was like oh my god venetia was gorgeous. they were all just pretty yeah. yep there yeah. are things that like i really liked about that like i love venetia's mouth <laughs> weird sorry yeah. i don't know i have a thing with mouths <laughs> But yeah, no, no I, each of um, them I had it. their own specific quality that they brought, and I think that the way that this was casted was wonderful. Like the cast, I couldn't have made a better cast. It, it's funny, yeah, and- I've seen like on like press junkets, um, with Jacob Alordi and Barry Kogan, like, 
you know, what attracted you to this film? And then, um, it, like Jacob Elordi would joke and be like, oh yeah, well, I heard that Timothy Chalamet was going to be Oliver. So like, I was attracted to it or whatever. <laughs> Just joking like that. Um, yeah, no, but it's it like, but I think that the way that it, this was casted was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Oh God, yeah, no, and honestly, like, it's nice to see some faces that we didn't know, like Farley and Venetia, because I thought they like breathed life into the characters as right. well as the parents. Um, it was just nice. Like, I felt like everyone acted really well, and mm. that doesn't always happen in like a young adult you know thriller film sometimes no, not at all you know, it can be cheesy but like i thought that the acting was well done it, for me i'm gonna give five out of five stars for this movie even with my shit that fell flat because everyone just did such a good job the videography like it was more pleasures than not yeah. so i yeah like emerald salt burnt baby let's get that yeah. salt burnt too hell yeah salt burnt Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so we really liked it it was truly the perfect whorish movie to come back to for the channel these little sexy hoes out here fucking hooking up at weird ass mansion parties and then getting killed loved right. it loved it loved it. It, was great. it was great yeah so thanks for hanging out with us guys um we know it's been a while we just didn't want to be bad to the strikes because you know, like we're trying to respect all these people and get their fucking bills paid the right way. Right. Um, but yeah, check us out. We're planning some other stuff as new things are coming out. Uh, you know, this is just a chit chat. Like we're hanging out. We're going to talk about it anyways. And, um, you know, if you want to leave some comments and discuss some theories or how you felt about it, we'd love to hear from you. That's the reason why we started this shit. Right. Uh, but yeah, check out our all our platforms and Sam give them to him because I feel like I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> um, we are HB hose pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah. So fucking check us out there and you know, you can reach us at hose at HB hose.com. Hell yeah. You know, if you want to you know, and then leave us reviews. I mean, if the reviews are awful, then I, can you just email us instead? Um, I mean, well, <laughs> listen, if you have something bad to say, at least help us fix it and we're getting suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We don't mind a bad criticism because we're not the best. Okay. It's fine. But we'd also love to improve. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but we're going to be doing, I mean, at least for a little bit, we're going to be doing um, other movies. We're, you know, with a strong focus in indie, A24 specifically, um, and then others. Um, and then once the shows get back on after, you know, the writer's strike and all of that, then we'll be back on with the shows regularly. So subscribe, um, you know, follow us. We'll be online. We're, oh, yeah. we're talking. Love you, love you little hoes. Bye. Come back with some more horror shit. <laughs> Bye. Peace.